Welcome to Sense and Nonsense A to Z, where we pick topics based off of the letter of the day. Today is episode 24 of season one, featuring the letter X. We're family and we're your hosts, ATNZ. So let's get started. We'll begin with saying Xin Chao. Xin Chao? Xin Chao. Xin Chao. Vietnamese for hello. All right. So X is a challenging letter. Mm-hmm. I actually pulled out my old Webster's Dictionary, my old Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. Oh, fancy. 1,355 pages. Oh, my goodness. For the letter X. Uh-huh. It's a page and a quarter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. A page and a quarter. It's like, because I was going through, you know, different words and I was writing them down just to get some ideas of what to do for today. And, and I'm like, okay, am I missing any words here? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's funny because X is a very popular letter in the Greek alphabet, you know, in, in the Greek language, we, you use a lot of X, mm-hmm. um, like Senos is foreigner. Mm-hmm. Xanthi is blonde or yellow, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, xilo is wood. Uh, xiphos, we have a whole bunch of words with the letter X. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that is the root of a lot of the English words. It is. And when I was looking at my words for uh, pick an X, yeah. I was coming up with a lot of those um, root words. Yeah. 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 Xeno, as a matter of fact, Xeno is the root of the word that I picked. There you go. See? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, there's a lot of words that went with x-ray. It's like, I guess I had to fill part of the page because they did <laughs> x-ray this, x-ray that, x-ray this. It's like, those are two different words. You know, why are you putting them in, you know? yeah. So anyway, we have a couple of uh, stories in sports. Okay. The USFL just finished up their season and their championship game was on July 3rd. The Birmingham Stallions beat the Philadelphia Star 33-30. So there's only eight teams and the uh, Jersey generals is one of the teams. Uh, They didn't make it obviously. Um, Another thing that's been in the news letter X is the XFL. Do you remember Uh them? Yeah, I do. It was started by Vince McMahon way back when I think it was 2001. Mm -hmm. Is that still going on? It went into bankruptcy and Dwayne Johnson and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia purchased it out of bankruptcy. Um, So they kind of refounded it in 2018. Ah. The first season was 2020, but it had some COVID interruptions. The next season is going to start on February 18, 2023. Oh. Yeah. So again, another league that has eight teams. And uh, the one local to me is the New York Guardians, and they play in East Rutherford. Hmm. So that's the XFL. Interesting. Yeah. So we had another kind of sporting event over the uh, holiday. Oh, yes. Nathan's hot oh, dog God. eating contest. I saw. I saw. In Coney Island. Oh. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. His disgusting. win. 63 hot dogs in Ugh. 10 minutes. Ugh. And he eats two at a time. It's you know? so dis- They just like shove it down oh, their throat. I know. It's I know. He so wets them. I know. He wets the bread. Ugh. I know. I know. But something very interesting happened. I don't know. Did you hear about this? A 21-year-old protester jumped on stage. And it was obvious he was a younger kid and he wore this tiny Darth Vader mask. It didn't even cover his whole face. And I'm like, if you're going to wear a Darth Vader mask, put the darn thing on. Yeah, make it a big Darth Vader thing. Exactly. He was holding up a sign that said, expose Smith Fields Death Star on his sign. So he was an animal activist. He jumps in front of Joey, Joey Chestnut. Uh (laughs) And... He has, he's got the hot dogs in his mouth. He's yeah. got them in his hand and he takes them down and does a, uh, by the neck, he does a headlock until the security guys could come get him. Are you serious? <laughs> oh yeah. While he oh, was yeah. eating? Or- oh, oh yeah. His mouth is so full and he's got him by a headlock. Oh yeah. 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 And he's got the hot dogs in his hand. He still too. won. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he said it only took about four seconds to take this kid down. <laughs> And then he felt bad about it. It's like, don't feel bad about it. Yeah. It's underway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he, so doesn't that, he fly in from like Indiana or Illinois or something like that? 
He's I not from New York. I no, he, I I think he's originally from Kentucky. He's, he's like 38 years old now. Oh. Yeah, and he's won it 15 times. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then wow. there's a lady who won too, and she yes, won like eight yes. times or something like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I Ugh. know. It's crazy, isn't it's it? It's so gross. I'm sorry. It's so I can't even handle it. I can't even handle the little clip on the news. Like it's, when they so when they show it's it, so I'm funny. just like I'm like covering my eyes. I don't yeah. want to see it. It looks like so nasty. Like, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> I got one more thing going on. Uh, the summer X Games will begin on Wednesday, July 20th, and will run to July 24th. Mm. It's featuring 18 disciplines uh, across three sports, skateboarding, BMX, and motocross, mm -hmm. located in Southern Cal. It'll be covered by ESPN. Yeah. And just like in 2021, there's not any spectators, so it's not open to the mm -hmm. public. So what's going on with you? Did Turkey Fest at my friends on nice. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. It was delish. What kind of turkey did they do? They did. They always... Uh, grill it. And oh. uh, this year was Mexican spices and stuffed with limes in the cavity. It was so good. Well, it had to be juicy if you it, do that. Oh man, it was so good. It yeah. was really, I think that was the best one yet. And uh, then, you do know, they pre cook it and then do it on a grill or they do the whole thing on a grill. The whole thing goes on the grill. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, wow. it's really good. And uh, you know, a whole host of Thanksgiving themed sides and potato salad, jello shots, and uh, oh. ice cream, stuff like that. It's really yummy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So, so that was this weekend and nice. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good. As we've been mentioning throughout the whole episode, X is not easy. So I had to be really creative to come up with the, the questions for you here. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Okay, so hopefully these aren't too lame. All right. All right. Here's our questions. When was your last x-ray? Oh, a very, very long time ago. Oh, okay. Um, I probably was in middle or high school. That long ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mine was just a couple of weeks ago because I had oral surgery done. Oh, they did a panoramic x-ray, the wildest thing I've ever seen. It's like one x-ray with all your teeth on the one x-ray, you know, long and skinny. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess I have had a dental x-ray. Yeah. So how long ago was that? Um, some years. Some years. Yeah. I probably don't remember it because they always give me a pill when I go to the dentist. Do they really? Yeah. Cause I, I have a super sensitive mouth. So I'm like, they give me this pill, like kind of like Xanax. That's just like, <laughs> you're fine. Everything's fine. You're awake, but uh -huh. you don't care about nothing. <laughs> See, I don't even take Novocaine most of the time. I don't have Novocaine. I have that pill. Hmm. I have okay. that. Everything's fine. I don't care that you're doing that to my mouth. That kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question. Okay. Do you sign cards with X's and O's? Yes. You do? Yes. And you know, it's funny. Every time I hear X's and O's, I think of that L. King song. song. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that song. I do too. Yeah. Okay. Next is, what do you think about Sirius XM? I think it's overrated. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> yeah. When they have it for free and I listen to it, I'm oh, like, yeah. Eh. I mean, I know I'm only getting a select number of channels. I'm not getting sure. the whole business, but sure. I'm just like, the radio is just, just, you know, the free radio is just as good. Yeah. And I have, you know, digital content and CDs and stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with it. You know, Well, it helps us because of travel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I like classic rewind. That's probably my favorite station on Sirius, but, um, you know, it's good to listen to Howard sometimes too, for that yeah. matter. Yeah. I could just YouTube him if I want to watch mm, him. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. Do you use Xmas as a term? Rarely. You know? Yeah. Rarely. I never do. Yeah, it's like, it's like almost sacrilegious, you know, yeah. to use that. I mean, maybe, uh, in a text, that's fashion. a different story. I, I got to agree with you. Yeah. Well, you but, know what? No, 
No, I, I mean, think if I text somebody, it's going to say Christmas. Yeah. Well, if, if I'm saying, if I'm using it as some kind of a greeting, mm-hmm. but if I, if it's in like maybe conversational, like, mm-hmm. have you sent your Christmas cards yet? It right. might, it right. might go Xmas. I don't know. I don't really use it very, very yeah, much. I, I kind of don't like using it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What is your X factor? Please explain what you mean by that. <laughs> your special something. My superpower? Your special superpower. You know, like Gus on Psych. Super sniffer. <laughs> Super sniffer. That was his X. That was his X factor. You know, I don't know that I don't know if I have a superpower. Hmm. I I don't know. I don't know if I have that one thing, you know, what's yours? Um, Creativity. I think that's my, that's my forte being creative. Hmm. I I don't know. We'll come around. Yeah. We'll have to come back. I'll put a star on that so we can come around. Okay. Cause I know, I knew that that was going to be a thinker. All right. (laughs) That's a thinker. Okay. This one's easy. Xena warrior princess. Yes. 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 She was awesome. Yes, she was. Yeah. Lucy Lawless. I love that. Mm -hmm. All righty. Last time you used a Xerox machine. A Xerox machine or just made a copy? No, no. Xerox letter X. (laughs) I would say probably 14 or 15 years ago. When you worked at an office. Yes. My office has one. Mm-hmm. So I've used one recently. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. How many seasons of X-Files did you watch? All of them. You did too. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of tapered show. off at the end for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I kind of caught up after that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was 11 yeah. seasons, by the way. Yeah, X-Files. it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got a lame one. You ready? Yep. X equals what? <laughs> X equals Y squared. There you go. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) A plus B pi R square. I I freaking hate algebra. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I was not a math person. I was more of an English literature. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is question number 10, but I do have a bonus one. So, okay. Did Kiss put the X in sex? No, they didn't. If anything, they kind of took it out because after watching that video, I did not want anything to do with it. And we talked about that video when yeah. we were talking about Kiss, I know. <laughs> no. Okay, are you ready for the bonus question? I am. Are X chromosomes more important than Y? Well, I think they're probably equally important. You think? Yeah, because we, we we need both of them to be able to propagate the species. <laughs> uh, X X chromosome should come with a little tiara, though. <laughs> so those are the questions. I know all a couple right. of them are lame, That's but what are you right. going to do? We got X. Yeah, you got to get X in there somehow. See, I'm telling you, that's my X factor. <laughs> it's creativity. Yes, exactly. Make it yeah. work. Yeah. I did come up with a sensor nonsense game for us for the letter X. All right. Good job, AT. Xylophone. Okay. By the way, it is the root of the word <laughs> is from Xila, which is wood and phony which is voice or sound uh-huh all right so there you go that's there you go that's how there they came go. up with xylophone okay mm-hmm. um first question sensor nonsense the xylophone keys are arranged similar to a piano sense yes just like the piano as you go from left to right goes from the lower range to the higher range the keys are longer for the lower range and shorter for the higher range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sense or nonsense. Typically a professional xylophone has 88 keys, just like the piano. Sure. Why not? Sense. It would be huge if that was the case. I know. Are big. <laughs> yeah. 
usually in concert halls, they have 48 keys 40. 40, or 48 bars, right? Four octaves, 28 regular notes and 20 sharper flats. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Less sensor nonsense. The first known xylophone keys were made out of animal bones. Oh, I sense. <laughs> no, actually, nobody knows for sure. Because the origins of a xylophone are still unknown to this day. Really? But, yeah. But the first documented xylophone was made out of wood. Huh. So yeah, wood bars were originally placed on players' laps, and then they were mounted to gourds. Hmm. That's how it all started. And now xylophones are either from wood or metal, and the bases consist of either wood, metal, or fiberglass type of material real professional ones. They're made out of rosewood and they're really pretty, hmm. very beautiful. So it's suggested that xylophones began in Southeast Asia and were brought to Africa around 500 AD. Although temple sculptures depicted musicians playing similar instruments like a xylophone, which would date back to 2000 BC. Wow. I know that's incredible, right? Yeah. So uh, let's see, the uses of xylophones included maintaining the well-being of gardens and crops and also to keep animals away. And more elaborate xylophones that are used in orchestras have these bars underneath of them. They're called resonators that make the sound last longer. You know, yeah. So you'll see not only you have the keys up top or the bars up top, mm -hmm. but you have these like cones underneath or, you know, uh, tubes, pretty mm -hmm. much they're tubes. But um, but that's xylophone. That's all I got. I'm sorry. Wow. That's I all right. Know. I know. So anyway, it's xylophone. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, <sighs> you know, it's hard to it was hard to get a subject, you know, it really was on this one. I don't know what we're going to do for season two. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to put your X factor to work. Yeah, there you go. You're right. <laughs> I know you've only had a couple minutes to think about this, but have you come up with what your X factor is? No. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm thinking it might be your memory because you have a very good memory. My memory is getting a lot better. When I was younger, before I had my son, I, my memory is awesome. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. really good. Yeah. Mine used to be excellent until about 10 years ago. Now it's, you know, it's just going downhill. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, it, mine took a big hit when I had my son, mm -hmm. but I feel like it is kind back. And I mean, you know, it, it, I guess it takes a while, yeah, but, um, I, I used to remember stuff like watching a movie yeah. and now I like, I have to work a little bit more mm -hmm. at it. Um, mm -hmm you know, part of that's age. And I guess part of that is, you know, from, from having my kid, like I told you, I had a hard time doing math after I had my son. I couldn't do math yeah. anymore. Um, so it drains your brain. It does. It, it, <laughs> yeah. he, he took a lot out of me, this one. Um, yeah. so it may be memory, but I think, I think also my adaptability things change all the time with the little guy. So mm -hmm. I don't know, I guess maybe that's my superpower your superpower, your X factor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I make it work. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have my pick an X. Ooh. Okay. I'm ready. Xenodokial. <laughs> okay. It means hospitable or kindly to strangers. Right. And I think right. more people need to be Xenodokial. And the root of that is Zeno. Xenos. Yep. It's Xenos, a foreigner or an outsider. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Strangers. Yes. yes. I saw that and I'm like, oh, I love this word. I, I want to be this word and I want mm -hmm. more people to be this word. So mm -hmm. I think we should be bringing it back. Xenodokio. There you go. Plus, it sounds like you're saying a foreign word. So you sound smarter. It sounds Greek. It does. It does. It does. Well, it comes it, the root of the <laughs> word. <laughs> Here's Gus Buster Carlos again. <laughs> I know. So yeah, so I like that. I like that one. Good word. Mm -hmm. For my favorite X movie, I have chosen X Men. 
what else, right? I mean, <laughs> if I didn't pick X-Men, it would have been really weird, right? <laughs> I know. We know that X-Men are part of Marvel, along mm-hmm. with Spider-Man, Thor, and Iron Man, most right. notably played by Robert Downey Jr. There it is. <laughs> but they are not typically part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. The Marvel Universe has been fractured for a while. And I talked a little bit about this during R when I did Ryan Reynolds saying that Deadpool is more on the X-Men side than the Avengers side. Well, in Deadpool 3, he will be joining the MCU. And that sort of drags the X-Men a bit closer over there. And it does have people wondering if the X-Men will be making the leap since in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, this last Venom, which was also not previously part of the MCU, is now in via the post credit scene. In addition, I just saw that Charles Xavier is featured in one of the alternate realities in the new Doctor Strange movie that deals with the multiverse. So they may be mushing them together. And I kind of am not thrilled about it. Hmm. I I like the X-Men being in a different universe. I like the uniqueness of that world and the idea of them being born out of humanity's evolution rather than somehow being made, which is typically how the superheroes in the MCU have come into being. And now, you know, I love Avengers. It's not a lack of love that I say this. I can appreciate this other aspect of the superhero and can identify with the kind of misfit aspect in the social commentary of the X-Men world, because there's there's a lot of that that goes on in Mm X-Men. I also kind of liked that the characters weren't all squeaky clean, you know, like Iron Man's had a lot of snark to him. Wolverine is kind of... Uh, abrasive in the beginning especially Mm -hmm. you know he's used to being alone he doesn't have a lot of memories you know he's defensive all the time so I I like that the characters were really complex and one of my favorite characters of X-Men is Logan or the Wolverine played by Hugh Jackman he doesn't play well with others (laughs) you know and and that makes it even more gratifying when Charles Xavier is able to win him over and gain his trust. It's also why it hurts so much when he opens his heart to Gene, knowing that his love will never be reciprocated in the way he wants. So we're going to talk about X-Men and I'm talking about the original X-Men, the year 2000 with Hugh Jackman, okay. Patrick Stewart. Right. This is the one that started it. And they were one of the first really that made the leap from the comic book into the live action movie. So I think they went a little more gently than they would have liked to because in X2, they went a lot further after having the support of the success from the first one. Mm -hmm. They did things like, you know, they dressed them all in black instead of having their multicolored spandex and everything. And they kind of poke fun at that a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. Wolverine's like, you actually go out in these things. (laughs) Cyclops is like, what would you prefer? Yellow spandex, you know, just kind of making a little doot, doot, doot at that. But they said that it was really tough to be a superhero in those outfits because the leather was so stiff that they could barely move. So they didn't really feel superhero-y at all. Mm -hmm. But they did maintain lots of little details of their characters. And I think the fans did really appreciate it, Um, especially... Wolverine's gruff exterior and the rivalry between him and Cyclops or Scott Summers played by James Marsden. Famke Jensen was Jean Grey and she was really well cast and of course Patrick Stewart was Charles Xavier and that was the most perfect casting. When he was offered the role Patrick Stewart hadn't heard of X-Men. He thought it was related to the (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. He didn't no. know. And <laughs> no. they, um, the studio shipped him a crate of comics and he looked at it. He's like, why am I on the front of the comic books? Like that's how well cast he is. He's <laughs> perfect. So he had said that uh, it was the most fun research he's ever had to do. And he was Brian Singer's only choice for Professor X. And then we also have Ian McKellen as Eric Lencher or Magneto. And he was perfection as well. And in 2013, Hugh Jackman said that Wolverine was his favorite role and that he was eternally fascinating. He was incredibly human and a great sort of anti-hero and a tragic figure. Hmm. And I, I remember ages ago, he had said, you know, as long as people want to keep seeing this character, I'll keep playing him. That's cool. You know? yeah. yeah. So he really liked it. So I guess we should sort of get to the plot of the movie here. Did you ever, you, have you seen X-Men? The original? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. 
So in this movie, mutants are on the verge of having to register themselves and their powers to make humans feel more comfortable. And this concept is appalling to Eric Lenscher or Magneto. He sees this as one giant step towards the ethnic cleansing he and his family experienced when he was a child, having been assigned a number in a concentration camp. Hmm. He then hatches a plot to force humanity's political leaders into mutant evolution, thereby getting them on the side of mutants. He builds a machine to do just that, but this machine requires him, a mutant, to run it, and it will kill him. So he kidnaps a young mutant named Rogue, who has the ability to absorb the life force of anyone she touches. And in humans, this usually results in a coma or death. And in mutants, she takes on their powers for a time. The longer she holds on, the more dramatic result. As an example, she goes into Logan's room because he's having a nightmare and she tries to wake him up from it. And he accidentally stabs her in the lungs (laughs) (laughs) with his claws. And she touches his face and she absorbs his healing capabilities and it heals everything up, but she does put him out for a while because of it. So Mm. there's a little foreshadowing there. Professor (laughs) X, Wolverine and the X-Men spend their time trying to uncover and thwart this plot while also educating the next generation of mutants and teaching them to harness their powers at Xavier's School for Gifted Children in upstate New York. So the whole time we're kind of under the impression that Magneto wants Wolverine, but that's not actually the case. He actually wants Rogue, but it takes them a while to figure this out. So they have a hard time foiling this plot, but they do in the end. And Eric winds up in prison. Eric and Charles Xavier have been friends since they were young and they were allies for a long time. Their friendship has diverged, but even still, even though they're on opposite sides of of how to get humanity to accept mutants, they still have a tremendous amount of respect for one another. And after Eric goes to prison, he's in this plastic prison because he can control metal, so he can't be in a regular jail. Right. Charles Xavier still goes and hangs out with him and plays chess with him because he won't give up on his friend. He won't give up that hope that he can still somehow repair their friendship and be on the same side and move toward humanity and mutants living together in a kind of peace. And I have always found that to be so inspiring that he has never let go of that friendship, even though he does not agree with Eric. And Eric is basically saying to him, you know, I'm not going to be in here forever. And when I get out, I'm going to keep working on doing what I'm doing to further the the cause of the brotherhood of mutants. And Charles is like, yeah, go ahead. And I'll still be there to stop you, (laughs) you know? And I just have, I just have always found that relationship to be so interesting because they do have that tremendous respect for one another, yet they oppose each other quite strongly. Right. So there's a lot going on in this movie. I mean, there's the love triangles, there's a lot of that aspect of not fitting in anywhere and feeling like you don't belong no matter what, because you're, you know, different. you're so different. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I've always liked this comic. I grew up with this comic. I've always liked it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they announced that they were going to do this, we were very, very worried about who was going to play Wolverine more than anybody right. else. And when Hugh Jackman was cast, we had never heard of him. We didn't know who he was and he was cast late. So he didn't have any prep time for this movie really. And I went to go see it in the theater. A bunch of my friends and I went and the first scene that we really see him, he's fighting in a cage Mm -hmm. and like an MMA type style cage up in Canada. Right. And you don't really see him. You just see his back. It, the, the way the camera pans around, it's very, it's very dramatic. It's very dramatic. And you're, yeah. you're anticipating it highly because you know, it's him in there. Oh, of course. And he, he turns around and it's just like the way he moves and everything. Like, you're wow. like, oh, this, this was a good casting situation yeah, wow. here. 
before wow. he even started. So he didn't have much time to prepare for that? No, that's why if you watch that film, he actually gets bigger, bigger? during the film. Because he was built, boy. He was, yeah, but he didn't have much time to prep. So he actually kept working out throughout the film wow. and got bigger and bigger. Because, wow. yeah, he was cast late. Yeah. They had already wow. like started everything. <laughs> so again, perfect casting. Job. Perfect. Perfect. Oh my yep. God. Yeah. I and mean, I love Patrick Stewart. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think if you are any kind of nerd or if you're into sci-fi in any way, right. Even if you're not like a Trekkie, mm-hmm. uh, you appreciate Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's undeniable. He's yeah. just, he's just, he's so good. And so he does make an appearance. I watched Dr. Strange and he does make an appearance and the movie, I've mixed feelings about the movie itself, but I'm so happy when he arrives, (laughs) when you see him come in, it's like, (gasps) you know, there's just joy that he's alive and well in a universe, you know? Right. So that's basically all I have to say about the X-Men. I mean, I could talk about it for ages, but. Oh, I'm sure. And Halle Berry looked awesome. She did rock the the white wig pretty well. She did. Um, you know, and I also love Famke Jensen. I mean, she was perfectly cast as Jane mm-hmm. Grey as well. Mm-hmm. This is a foundation movie. As they branch out and they go, they they kind of settle into their characters more. Yeah. I think they were really conservative with this movie because, like I said, it was one of the first that was making the leap at that time. They didn't really know how it was going to be received. So right. they were really conservative. Of and course. then as they go on, they start to branch out into their characters more and take more liberties than they did. I think they didn't want to change too much too quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people were really concerned about that. So yeah, it was really cool. It was no really- need for concern. There was definitely no. an opportunity there for yeah. that type of, yeah. You know, it was. And, and I think that this, it did become a successful franchise. And of course they did, mm-hmm. they yeah. went on to do like X-Men first class when you see yeah. them when they're younger and all that et cetera, stuff. Et cetera. So, yeah. So, I mean, it did spawn a lot of of other movies and I'll save them. So when we come around and we do X again, I'll have more movies. There you go. For X. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not an easy letter. Oh man. Man, I know. <laughs> X-Men. Woohoo. There's one of the younger golfers in the PGA that's slowly becoming one of my favorites. And he's letter X. His okay. name is yeah, his name is Xander with an X, X-A-N-D-E-R, and his last name is Shalfley. Okay. S-C-H-A-U-F-F-E-L-E. And his name comes in in a couple of minutes, so just bear with me. He was born Alexander Victor Shalfley. Funny, his birthday is the same as my hubby, October 25th, hmm. 1993. He's 28 years old from San Diego, California. His dad's from Germany, and his mom is from Taiwan. And he comes from a long line of athletes. His father has been his only swing coach throughout his whole career. I think wow. I thought that was awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. So he plays on the PGA. He's won six tournaments since going pro in 2015. His first win was in July of 2017 at the Greenbrier Classic. Then he won the Rookie of the Year in 2017. He's also had a win in the European Open. He won the Olympic gold medal in the 2020 Summer Olympics for the men's individual golf. Nice. And then this year, two tournaments so far. In April, he won a team tournament in the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. And he had a playing partner. His name is Patrick Cantley. Um, He's been pretty good too. Then just a couple of weeks ago, June 26, he won the Travelers Championship. Yeah. I found a cute little YouTube video that Callaway Golf did of him because everybody mispronounces his name. So it's been pronounced and it's him talking. And he says, yeah, everybody mispronounces my name. I've heard Souffle, of which we've called him Souffle. Me and hubby was like, hey, Souffle's on, you know. (laughs) Shuffle, shuffle, 
Shaffley. <laughs> and then if it's not his last name, it's his first name. They've pronounced it Xander. Really? Xavier. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Right. Xander's pretty easy. Yeah, you would think, right? Yeah. And then he goes to the camera and he says, and my name is Xander Shaffley. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Leap. <laughs> so even after he's explaining, even he mispronounced his name, I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he's been doing very well but something has been in the news regarding golf okay there's that new league it's called liv or they're calling it live it's the live golf league it's um a professional tour that's been financed from the public investment fund the sovereign wealth fund of saudi arabia uh-oh so uh, they put it together and uh, the CEO is Greg Norman. The actual name, L-I-V, when I first saw it, I said, is that representative of the Roman numeral, you know, 54? And it's like, yep, that's exactly what it is. But the mm -hmm. reason they picked that is there's two reasons. On a regular 72 par course, if you get a birdie on every hole, mm -hmm. it's, the score is 54. But I also with that, is they play 54 holes. So 18 holes for three days is 54. So I guess there's, you know, that was pretty clever how they mm -hmm. came up with that name. Yeah. So they just started this year and some of the PGA guys played. There's a lot of money going on. Yeah. Well, Saudi Arabia, you'd think. Ton of money. I mean, we're talking about mega money. Mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson was one of the first to sign he got a $200 million signing bonus. That's ridiculous. $200 million. That's crazy. Yep. And another was well over 125 mil. Oh my goodness. I understand that they offered Tiger Woods nine figures. Holy crap. He declined. Good for him. Kudos to him. Absolutely. So there's no cuts with this. Everybody in the top 11 gets at least 500,000 for each tournament. Number 12 through 15 get at least 250. Even the last place guy gets 120,000. This is in last just, place. This is just a money grab. That's exactly what it is. So it's like, it's a problem. Yeah. PGA is not happy about this I and has pretty not. much suspended everybody who went. The first event was in London. That went on last month. The winner got 4.75 mil. Holy God. Just the other day, the second tournament was in Portland, Oregon. That winner got four mil. Jeez. Oh, and by the way, you will not see it on regular USA TV at all. Yeah, but not. Some of the guys who went over complaining that they, uh, they can't come back, that sort of thing. So there's some back and forth, they're appealing, yada, yada, yada. Social media is all over these guys. I bet. What are they complaining for? They went and got their money grab. Yeah, yeah. You can't play in both leagues. I'm no. sorry, that's just the way it is. It's a separate league. You've you made never... your choice. Exactly. You chose money over competition and that's tradition. Right. And tradition, right? right? Mm -hmm. And um, you got to live with it. And, you know, and I understand some people needed the money. It's funny that the people who went over are the players who haven't won in a while, mm -hmm. you sure. know, so talk about money. I mean, think about this. So there's eight events. The last place guy gets 120, no matter what, mm -hmm. do the math. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad paycheck for eight events. No, not at all. Not at all. So uh, there's some older golfers that have come forward and just said, Hey, you know, I know what's going on. This ain't going to last, you know, I guess we'll so, find out. Yeah. We'll find out. I, I, you know, my prediction, my prediction, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to last five years. I saw an interview with Freddie couples and he said something about, uh, 2040. And I really don't think it's going to go that long. Yeah. I don't know. So, Depends on, uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. But, yeah. um, yeah, this is very interesting. It'll be something to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned Xena Warrior Princess in the 10 questions you asked me earlier. Yes. And I figured, hey, why not feature Xena Warrior Princess? 
I loved that show. I did too. I love She was awesome. Lucy Lawless. She oh, was just awesome. She's fantastic. And so her from, friend and her friend was awesome too. I mean, they, yeah. were, they were just great. From 1995 to 2001, Xena Warrior Princess ran and she was born out of the Hercules series, mm-hmm. which I watched all the time too. Yep, me too. So the synopsis is Xena, a mighty warrior princess with a dark past, sets out to redeem herself. She is joined by small town bard Gabrielle, Mm -hmm. and together they journey the ancient world and fight for the greater good against ruthless warlords and gods. Now, Sam Raimi was a creator and executive producer on all 134 episodes of this, as well as Hercules. And I just mentioned him. He's the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. So this all ties together. It most certainly does. By absolute coincidence. But anyway, (laughs) as we said, Lucy Lawless was in the title role of Xena. And Renee O'Connor was the plucky bard sidekick. And Renee O'Connor was not in the opening credits for season one. And at Lucy Lawless's insistence... She was included in the opening credits from season two onwards, which I thought was very cool. Appropriately so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in season two, Xena's ratings kind of sailed right past Hercules. Oh, yeah. And it stayed there for as yeah. long as both series I ran. Loved, like I said, I loved it. I did too. I yeah. mean, it, it became the number one syndicated action show. I liked Hercules. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I really I did, did. Yeah. But Xena was just special and i don't know if it was because girl power well it wasn't just girl power though i mean like vanessa angel you ever heard of her she was the original choice to play xena but Mm -hmm. she was sick and she couldn't fly to new zealand so lucy lawless was cast instead and i think this was a confluence of events really because i really cannot picture anyone else as xena but Lucy Lawless, she yeah, just she had this presence and gravitas to her yeah. that you yeah. just believed her. Oh, yeah. In a 2005 article in the Salon, Kathy Young says the Xena is credited by many with blazing the trail for a wave of female action heroes, including Buffy, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. even the bride in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. And Quentin Tarantino is a huge Xena fan. Oh, so. I mean, it, it, it was a fun show. It was, it was, it was girl power, but it also had great characters and smart writing, good stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it drew on not just mythology, but medieval legends, Shakespeare, all kinds of stuff. True. And it had, it was girl power, but it, it was girl power that was practiced, not preached. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm a woman. Look at me what I can do. She was Xena all the time. She didn't have a day job. You know, she wasn't like a superhero <laughs> no, with an alter no. ego. Right, she was right. her all the time. She was unapologetic. She was strong and sexy and powerful mm-hmm. and feminine and believable. And she was, but also she wasn't afraid to be sweaty and dirty and kicking butt. And she right. was more beautiful for it, you know? Right. right. There was no romantic interest all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was flawed. She could be angry and arrogant and then vulnerable and caring, you know, like a yeah. whole complicated person, I like sure. men usually get to play, you know, <laughs> right. I liked it because in the Xenoverse, as they call it, gender just wasn't a big deal. No one questioned her ability to fight and command and nobody questioned Gabrielle's desire to be a warrior. You know, it wasn't an issue. No, it wasn't women versus men. It was good versus Versus evil. Yeah. 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 And the women on Zeno, they were all rich and complex like Gabrielle. She has a whole series story arc. You know, she, she goes through lots of growth and changes and Xena does too. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I like to show it. It wasn't the sameness all the time. They did have these huge character arcs and also the people that they came in contact with, you know, even the villain, her arch nemesis had a character arc and, you know, they, they also were quirky and fun and mischievous and, you know, they had this complexity and depth to them that you wouldn't necessarily expect from this kind of show. You kind of expected it to be a little more campy. 
Mm. And it was, but it also had a depth to it and a little bit more than Hercules did. And I think that's why this show did a little bit better, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, they messed with the timeline a little bit. Like um, she was at Troy and then she was with Julius Caesar, (laughs) you know? And it just like that, that doesn't work so well, but um, and she was also like, in the Battle of Marathon and also with Cleopatra. <laughs> like the, those right. things didn't go right. together. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a thousand years apart. But anyway, we didn't care about that. It was a hell and, of a lot and, of fun. And, and we, your and your regular viewer wouldn't have picked up on that either. No, maybe not. I mean, you know? I am a mythology nerd, so I know that yeah. kind of stuff, but people didn't really watch it for historical significance. No, exactly. <laughs> no. And what's also great about it is that it's got a huge fan base Mm -hmm. and it's very varied like I was saying Quentin Tarantino loved it and you had men women straight gay lawyers stay-at-homes Wiccans Christians psychologists you know everybody really liked it and then Mm -hmm. this was one of the first shows that had internet buzz oh so it was definitely in the pop culture and Xena Warrior Princess kind of became like a synonym for a tough chick one of the things that I'm, I think of when I think of this is like the special effects they had to the gods and stuff. And they oh, were yeah. hokey. They, were, they yeah. were terrible. But but we forgave it. But we didn't care. We didn't care. <laughs> no. no. And, you know, at the time, especially, it wasn't people didn't pick that kind of stuff apart. No. You no. know, I mean, in 1995, we didn't care about that. No. We were just happy with the story itself. And she was one of the first that we saw that could command a show and you weren't like, Oh, I don't believe you. Oh, is somebody going to get her out of trouble now? It was all down to her and Gabrielle. And she looked awesome, by the way, she looked awesome and she kicked ass and they weren't painful or anything to watch. And I think sometimes you'll see a, a female badass quote unquote. And she's like 90 pounds soaking wet. And she's like knocking out 280 pound dudes. Right. Like really, yeah, I know. that's I know. not believable in any no. way, shape or form, you know? No. And you just believed it with Lucy. Oh and, yeah. And, and you kept on rooting for Gabrielle because she was like the underdog. She was, but she, and she was in training and she just wanted yeah. to, you know, to, to fight so hard. And I actually found out that she did like all her own stunts, even oh. the flips and stuff. Nice. She did them. Yeah. So, you know, they, they had that credibility going mm-hmm. on. The only criticism that I really have of the show, and I think you're, you're going to disagree with me on this, but I really did not like that battle cry thing that she did. That, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that I could have done without. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, yeah, yeah, it was a thing. It, it was, was a thing. thing. I mean, yeah. I get it. You yeah, know, I, I did too. It didn't bother me. I understood why they had it in there, but sure. I really, I was just like, oh, here we go again with that thing. Yeah. But, uh, but I love the show and you know, you, you have to pay to watch it. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. And it really bummed me out. Cause I was like, I was feeling all nostalgic. I was going to go back and watch some. Right but I can't because you have to buy them. I have the Hercules, the complete series for some reason. I think somebody bought it for me at some point, but I don't have Xena. So it's a little sad. I know, I know. I mean, (laughs) why is this a thing? I just don't get it when they're this old, you know? I I mean, this archive stuff should not be a paper. It's over 20 years old. Yeah, seriously. You know, maybe someday, fingers crossed. I'm just looking at pictures of her and um, her costumes were just awesome. They really were. Yeah. She looked good. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she looked good. She did. She was awesome. Yeah. I have one more sports story. Okay. Okay. You know, a big New York Met fan. Yes. Ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. Still to this day. And Keith Hernandez has been one of my favorite players. Yes. As a matter of fact, I remember the day that hubby's cousin called me and said, your favorite first baseman just got traded to the Mets. And I'm like, oh, no, because he was a big player for the Cardinals, you know? 
And I was like, oh my God, Keith Hernandez is now on the Mets. This is great. You know, <laughs> so uh, Keith Hernandez just had his number retired on Saturday. Really? Yeah, it was a really, really nice ceremony. I mean, it brought back just a lot of memories for me. I, you know, I, I've been following the Mets now for a very long time. Yeah. So um, I thought you were going to age yourself, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I, I can. Know. It doesn't it's not bother necessary. me. It's not necessary. Okay. It's over 50 years, folks. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it's well over 50 years. But anyway, um, Keith was born on October 20th, 1953. He's now 68. And he grew up a big Mickey Mantle fan as oh. well. I did too when I was real little because everybody watched the Yankees in my family. Yeah. I mean, the Mets didn't start until 1962. So that's all we had when I was really, really little was <laughs> the, the Yankees. So mm -hmm. he did too. And of which he shares a birthday with Mickey. Nice. Yep. So when he was on the Cardinals, he was on Cardinals from 74 to 83. He had to have a number seven on his uniform. Aww. And he picked 37 because seven was taken already. When he came to the Mets in 83, Casey Stengel had number 37 and that was retired. Hmm. So he switched over to 17. And that's the number that just got retired. That's but awesome. Just, yeah, just a couple of things. Um, when he was on the Cardinals, his batting average was 299 mm -hmm. as a total, you know, his total batting average lifetime with the Mets was 297. He went over to the Cleveland Indians in 1990 and then retired. He was injured most of the time. You know what? He should just retire before he got yeah. to the Indians. But anyway, um, five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ. He won a World Series with the Cardinals and with the Mets in 86. Nice. Uh, National League MVP in 1979. 11 gold gloves. Wow. 11. Two Silver Slugger Awards. National League batting champion in 1979, of which his batting average was 344. Mm -hmm. He's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame in the New York Met Hall of Fame. And now his number 17 has been retired right now. What he does is he's a color commentator. It's Gary Cohen. He's the major announcer and he's excellent. And then it's him as a color commentator and Ron Darling. And the trio is called Gary, Keith and Ron. Hmm. And arguably, I think they're the best in the business. And I got to think that these celebrities that watch the Mets all the time, like Hank Azaria, John Stewart, Chris Rock, they'll all agree with me that they love these three guys. Hmm. I mean, you just never know what's going to come out of Keith's mouth. He's hysterical. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to mention is this is one of those things like I've been arguing about with Pat Benatar. Mm -hmm. that, you know, what is with these Hall of Fames? Keith is not in the baseball hall of fame. Wow. Look at all the accolades this guy's got. He was the first captain of the New York Mets. New York Mets have only had two captains. Wow. And he was one of them. I mean, this is a major thing and he was never inducted. I'm surprised nobody's ever asked for some sort of special exception for him. Why you know, should I'm he sure get there's an exception? A, Why shouldn't he just get a regular? Well, it's beyond the 10 years. You can only be nominated for 10 years. And he, really? just, he just never got in. And I think it's politics. I'll be honest with you that he's not in. But that um, seems silly that there's a statute of limitations on it. Yeah. So his number 17 was retired. I think that was awesome. All right. Well, good yeah. for him. Congratulations, yeah, Keith. Absolutely. He joins Casey Stengel, Gil Hodges, Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, Mike Piazza, and every team has retired Jackie Robinson. Yeah. So he joins that. Nice. Yeah. It's a good club. Mm -hmm. like to pay our respects to James Kahn, offering our condolences to Absolutely. his family, yes. friends, and fans. Mm -hmm. James passed away last week at the age of 82. What a shame. Yeah. We don't know of any physical health issues he had, but he had opened up in the past about some mental health difficulties. Mm -hmm. He was born in the Bronx in 1940 and played football at Michigan State. 
Mm-hmm. Then he went to Hofstra University to study acting, and he met Francis Ford Coppola there. And he was best known for his Oscar-nominated role in Coppola's The Godfather, where he played Sonny Corleone. Of course. The eldest son <laughs> in 1972. And yep. a couple of weeks ago, I watched The Offer. It's a 10-part mm. series on Amazon. Did you mm-hmm. see that? No, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. I heard, it was I heard based, it's good. It yeah. was really good. It was based on Albert Ruddy's experiences making The Godfather. And mm-hmm. it was really awesome. And it made me like Jimmy Kahn even more than I did before. So right. if you get a chance, it's worth it. Yeah. Another big role for him was Misery yes. opposite Kathy Bates in 1990. Yep, that was huge. That was really big. Yeah. And of course, we love him for Elf in 2000. Of course, of course. Yeah. But I got to tell you, the first time I saw him was in Brian's song when he played yes. Brian Piccolo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was like critically acclaimed. That, it was. It yeah. was. I cried. Mm-hmm. I yeah. cried. Oh. I, I, every time I see it, I cry. You can't help it. No. You, you have to cry. He was so great in so many things. Mm -hmm. I I was always happy to see him, honestly. Even in Mickey Blue Eyes, I was happy to see him. (laughs) Right. Though one of my favorite roles of his was a quickie. It was in 2014, he guest starred on an episode of Hawaii Five-0, where his son, Scott Kahn, played Dano. Right. And he played a retired cop, and he was busting Dano and McGarrett's chops all over the place. And it was just so fun. (laughs) <laughs> to see him in that role that's it was so fun. that's great yeah 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 so that's my favorite and as a matter of fact I just seen that episode of Hawaii Five O. I would say maybe a week ago oh yeah yeah James Conn's been on my radar for the past couple of weeks so wow. how about yeah that? yeah well I'm sorry I'm yeah. so sorry he's gone I yeah. thought for sure we get another 10 out of him yeah but yeah, what are you going to do? But um, our condolences. Absolutely. Since we are doing X, I think it would be remiss to leave out Xbox. Do you have one? I have one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you can speak firsthand knowledge on this. Yes. I do not have one. Have you ever played any console games? I played Atari. I knew it. I knew you were <laughs> going to say Atari. I was good at Space Invaders, let uh-huh. me tell you. I was I really bet. good at that. Yeah. I yeah. have a retro Atari. Do it's, you? Yeah. It's, it's not as good as the Atari uh-huh. was. Yeah. But um, it's still fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's going on with Xbox? So Xbox, I I know it's huge. I've had multiple Xboxes and lost multiple Xboxes. And a couple of years ago, I went on a hunt to get an Xbox 360 because that console, you don't need the internet to play all the new ones. Now you have to hook it up to the internet to play the games and stuff. Yeah. You can with the Xbox 360, but you don't need one. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite games is on the Xbox, which is Fallout. And Fallout and Fallout New Vegas are my favorite. They are so complicated. If I hadn't had a tutor originally teaching me how to play these games, Uh I wouldn't be able to play it right now because I don't have the time to be able to sit and devote the hours needed to learn how to play these games really well. Okay. But even still, I can lose like five or six hours, like in a snap playing these games, you can get sucked right in. Oh my God. You just spend hours and hours playing these games. And we had talked about X-Men and I had on a PlayStation, I think it was PlayStation two. I had an X-Men fighting game and I used to play that all the time when I lived in California, but Mm -hmm. now I pretty much only spend my time playing fallout and I even have the books and everything. I mean, they're so complicated, these games, but they're really fun. They're first person shoot them up games. Okay. And it's like a post apocalyptic United States. Oh, and so, yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. So there's this nuclear fallout. There, there you go. And Hence yeah, the title. So, yeah, I yeah. got it. Yeah. So okay. you're like traversing in the first one. It's really like all the Washington DC area. Yeah, of course. And the next yeah. one, yes, New Vegas is obviously Vegas, but mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I mean, there's like zombies and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Wow. 
I hours, know. Huh? Hours. Oh, yet another thing to do. Hours. Know? Not so much anymore. Obviously, oh, I'm sure I don't you play can. this anymore. Not with a kid. No. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, but I do play it. And it's really cool because little guy will sit next to me and I'm like, don't look because whenever like a zombie or something, they like, they look gross and stuff. I'm like, don't look, uh, you know, but he'll sit there and he'll play his Kindle or whatever. And I'm playing, oh, my, good. you know, good, good, my good. games. And, yeah. Yeah. We're nerds in this house. Sorry. Hey, you hey, know, that's all right. This past week on SiriusXM was Ringo Star Week for his 82nd birthday. No kidding. All week it was excellent. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was nice to hear that, you know, he got mentioned uh, on all the channels too. It was excellent. great. Excellent. It was great. All the music channels, I should say. So, uh, ready to wrap? Yes. We appreciate you listening. With that, peace and love, everybody. We're out of here. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>